Welcome to Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Brody King. And now, here's your host, Rob Paspani. Welcome back to Squared Circle Pit. It is an absolute pleasure for me to know that you're hearing me. Today is another one of those episodes that epitomizes what the show is about, which is, of course, the intersection of heavy metal and pro wrestling. This is your first time listening or watching Squared Circle Pit. You can, of course, check out our archives at metalinjection.net slash Pit, And we have a ton of awesome interviews in our archives. Lots of big names on the wrestling side, like Triple H, Edge, Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, Kenny Omega, Bubba Ray Dudley, Raven, Rob Van Dam. And on the metal side, I got really cool interviews in the past, like Corey Taylor, Maynard from Tool, Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse, Jamie Josta, Zach Wild, Mike D from Killswitch Engage, Jacob Bannon from Converge, Scott Kelly from Neurosis, and many, many more. Check out metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit for all the info and all the archives. And, uh... Brody King, I'm really excited to have on the show today. You might have seen him in Ring of Honor or New Japan recently. And Brody is the frontman of an awesome metallic hardcore band called God's Hate. We talk about the band. We talk about uh, his rise in the world of pro wrestling and how he started. And, and, and also a lot of really cool things. He talks about how he got his name and... And actually how uh, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die helped him get his name, which I thought was a cool little moment. So we have a lot to get into with Brody. So check out the interview. And after the interview, stick around for my personal thoughts on what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. Here's Brody King. Now entering the squared circle pit. He is a professional wrestler. He is the frontman of a wonderful hardcore band, which we're going to get into. I have... Brody King on the Squared Circle, but thank you so much, Brody, for joining me. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. The weather's getting nicer. My seasonal affective disorder is going away. <laughs> so so it's cool. And, and it's it's interesting. Like wrestling is sort of uh, uh, mounting a comeback. It's been a busy month for you. Uh, I've seen you on New Japan. I've seen you on Ring of Honor and your band, God's Hate, put out their new album. How does it feel to like be doing stuff? <laughs> yeah it feels awesome you know I've, I've actually been fortunate to have been wrestling and uh stuff like that throughout the pandemic you know with the uh, ring of honor bubbles and the new japan strong tapings and uh of course we recorded the record in quarantine so it's like you know i've been doing stuff but it, it feels like it's all paying off this month which is cool yeah i was gonna say so you you you've been wrestling ring of honor has been uh doing shows and you've also been on uh, new japan strong which is a great show on new japan world uh what's it been like uh this past year you know you're so used to wrestling in front of crowds and the instant feedback and these shows are closed sets it's just the wrestlers it's different right <laughs> i mean it, it, it's not a stretch to say that yeah it's it's much different uh you know it, it took a little bit of getting used to uh you know usually you uh react to the crowd or you feed off the crowd to like to get more out of whatever your match is. So you kind of have to learn, like rewire your brain into thinking like you have to either, you know, play like a fake crowd noise in your head or 
you know, just kind of be confident in what you're doing and, and know that, you know, what you're presenting is, is the product that you should be, which is, is hard. I mean, you know, I, I always like to say after a wrestling match, the crowd's going to let you know if they liked it or not. They're either going to boo you or they're going to cheer you or whatever. Like you usually see the response on the internet. They say they loved it or they hated it. And now it's like, you have to wait, you know, three, four, even longer weeks before, you know, if anyone liked it. So it's like, I almost don't have that, like, uh, almost like that nervousness feeling or whatever at the end of my match it, that comes like on the day that it's airing now, which is a, a strange feeling. Do you watch it back? And like, do you kind of pick up on, on differences and how you could work, you know, the camera better or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always try to watch my matches back just to see like what worked, what didn't work. Uh, you know, maybe I thought that something would be cool, but like really, it was only something that would work in like a, a live crowd setting. So, you know, it's all those like little things that you kind of have to study and go back to, and then, you know, go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's really go back. Let, let's take a step back. And I'm curious, you know, you, you have the band, you have the wrestling career, which came first, your passion for pro wrestling or for hardcore music. I mean, pro wrestling has been in my life since before I can remember, like my dad was a wrestling fan. So my earliest memories are like watching wrestling with him. Um, I fell out of that in like junior high school, got into music and then music, you know, took over until I was about 27. And then I found a wrestling school and that restarted my passion for wrestling. So they've always kind of, you know, been like on an equal plane, I guess. Like, I wouldn't say that I love one more than the other because they're both very important parts of my life. Right. And they both kind of have grown to define you in a way. Yeah. Uh, and they, they very much coincide with each other. Yeah. So what was your earliest uh, wrestling memory that you could remember? Probably like The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzaga. Gonzalez. Gonzalez, sorry. Uh, at WrestleMania. You know, a, gi a giant like seven foot tall dude in a weird hairy bodysuit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I was like, for a kid, that's that's awesome. Now, as yeah. an adult watching it back, not so bad. And then, and then, so you said you got into hardcore in uh, junior high school. So how did that happen? What? How did you get converted to the dark side? <laughs> so uh, I got into punk music first. Like I, I started listening to bands like Bad Religion, Pennywise, uh, Black Flag, AFI, like stuff like that. And then I was also very much into like new metal at the time like slipknot and, and stuff like that corn um limp biscuit whatever in high, in junior high and then when i got into high school that's when it like started to find other bands um you know bands like hate breed and terror and stuff like that then i started going to like local hardcore shows local punk shows and then it just kind of grew into an obsession. Yeah. And you're on the West Coast, right? You grew up on the West Coast? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm assuming there was quite a scene there of, of, of shows every week and all that stuff. Like it, 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 you were, it's hard to escape that kind of culture there, right? Like sort of. Yeah. Thing. Well, so I grew up in the suburbs, like outside of LA, like 45 minutes outside of Los Angeles. So while it was, you know, obviously the, the idea of all these like, subgenres or whatever being alternative was not foreign it was kind of harder to get to because i was kind of a suburban kid so it's like there was a big punk community so there's a lot of punk shows um but it wasn't until i was like in high school probably like junior senior that like the hardcore shows really started coming to my town and uh that's when bands like madball and terror and you know a lot of throwdown 
a lot of bands like that started to come through and that's when i really started becoming like really into the hardcore scene and then like uh did you always want to be a singer uh in a hardcore band were you always trying to like start up a band trying to do your own thing or how did that come about (laughs) it's weird because it's like uh, i don't have any musical talent um (laughs) i tried to play the guitar uh and that that didn't end well um so it's like i I always think it's weird when you're like hey let's start a band i'll sing for the band you're like you can't you can't say that like someone else has to say that (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I've always been interested in being in bands or being part of my, uh, community as far as like whatever I could do, you know, helping put on shows or do whatever. I was in a couple smaller bands before God say, you know, that didn't really do much of note, but, uh, when Colin came to me and was like, Hey man, we need to start a band. You're going to sing for it. It's going to be the heaviest band that we can possibly do. And that's just kind of how it all fell together so how long ago was this when was the band formed uh the band was formed in 2000 and uh, we probably started talking about it in 2013 and then divine injustice ep came out in 2014 okay yeah so you guys are approaching your 10-year anniversary almost it's crazy to think you're eight years in now yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah never even thought about that so let's talk about the the new record it's a self-title and i really really dig it it kind of almost feels like a throwback in a way uh just because of the like the vibes on the out like i love all the samples i feel like samples kind of went out of style almost (laughs) like you don't hear hear it as much and i was like I, i was really into it and and it's just a very fun hardcore record you know easy to see who your influences are but it's really fun really good riffs really fun vocals and it really makes me kind of miss going to those sweaty <laughs> vfw shows because you you can really throw down to this music i feel oh yeah uh, you know i think when we started writing this record we just wanted to write whatever was like true to us i guess we didn't really care about like we tried to be like you know fuck it whatever like we don't care what anybody else wants to hear we want to play music that we want to hear and you know the bands that we grew up loving were bands like marauder and hatebreed and terror and you know the troy Corps bands like stigmata and you know dying breed those were the bands that made us want to be in bands so why not pay you know the ultimate homage to those bands and and try to bring that style back which i feel is currently lacking in in hardcore uh there's not a lot of bands doing that that sound um and we also had this idea of like you know all of us are Colin and Taylor Moore are very big death metal fans. I, I, I like, you know, the classic death metal bands, cannibal corpse, suffocation, dying fetus, like, you know, the, the, the intro ones, they, they get a little bit deeper in their catalog, especially Taylor. But, uh, we wanted to kind of have this idea of if a death metal band wrote a hardcore record. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I could kind of, I, I could see what you, because it, it's definitely like very, very, uh, almost i guess as extreme is the word for like a hardcore record it's it's pretty aggressive i love it so i yeah. I, could, I, could get that. I mean like records like you know dying fetus destroy the opposition is essentially a hardcore record written by a death metal band so we wanted to be the inverse of that also yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah and i mean look i will never turn down some good slam there's no and, and i feel like with dying fetus it's really interesting you mentioned them because i feel they had such an influence on so many subgenres because obviously the proficient 
technical death metal stuff but then also just like the slamming chugs that yeah <laughs> you know it's like any hardcore band could learn so much from them <laughs> absolutely some of the hardest pits you'll ever hear is like in a cannibal corpse or a dying fetus or a suffocation song like that's pit 101 <laughs> yeah so do you want to do shows i mean like i know some of the other guys they have other projects they're doing but you know is this kind of a, a side project or is, is this something that you guys want to like pursue as kind of a, a full-time thing when the schedule allows it we always kind of considered god's aid a full uh, a side project like it was kind of just something to do for fun the response to this record has been overwhelming <laughs> It's gotten a great response. It's gotten us elevated, I feel like, as a band. So I don't think we have any choice but to be kind of a real band now. <laughs> I, I would I would love to play shows. I would love to, you know, do a couple tours uh here and there when when the schedule allows. But yeah, I think everyone's pretty much on board to to see where we can take this thing. That's cool. Yeah, I would love to see you guys love it. Some of these riffs definitely need to see how the uh pit reacts to them. <laughs> So let's say you mentioned when you learned about uh, a wrestling school and that's what sparked your interest back in wrestling. Can you, can you talk about that a little? Yeah. So uh, Colin actually met this old wrestler. Uh, he was like a worker in the nineties and he was like, yeah, man, if you ever want to try taking a bump or running the ropes, or whatever, I know a school here in town, I could give you a couple like lessons one-on-one -on -one or whatever. So Colin went and did that and took a couple photos and I saw the photos. I was like, wait, what are you doing? How do like how do I do this as well? He didn't end up pursuing it, and I signed up for wrestling school like the next day. So that's kind of what happened. I, I joined Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, and the rest is history. So you weren't watching wrestling at all at the time. You just saw your friend training, and, and you were like, "Hey, I'm into this." Yeah, so I was like, kind of like fringe watching. Like the thing that got me kind of back into wrestling was uh, when CM Punk started doing the Straight Edge Society stuff, and that was like you know my two loves meshing together it's like wait wait so there's a straight edge guy on professional wrestling and it's legit like you know because wwf notoriously had like the headbangers and they would come out and they probably don't know shit about hard <laughs> music or anything they're just a gimmick but uh yeah you know cm punk actually came from hardcore and punk music he actually a straight edge person and that became uh, very intriguing to me. And uh, yeah, I guess a, a couple of years later is when Colin found this wrestling school and they kind of just uh, took everything over. I see. So you kind of got back into, you would watch occasionally check out the CM Punk stuff. And then once he was kind of gone, you, you sort of fell out of it maybe. Uh, but then the school kind of, you were like, oh, hey, this, this yeah. is something fun and it was just totally like a hobby at the, like you were like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be a full-time wrestler you were just let me see where this goes yeah yeah i mean it, it was kind of it was definitely a let me see where this goes you know when i signed up i was 26 turning 27 so it's like i'm already a little bit older uh especially than most people that start wrestling training you know i, I feel like a lot of the kids started around 20 maybe 18 to 20 probably smarter because it's better on their bodies <laughs> But uh, yeah, when I started, it was like, you know, a good way to work out. It was fun. And I, I thought it was interesting. And it's cool to tell people, yeah, I'm trying to become a professional wrestler. But it quickly developed into me thinking that I could make something out of it. And so when did you get that, like, that, aha, maybe this could be something? When did that hit? Almost instantly, because it was like all the things that they, like, tried to warn me about, like, the things that they thought that or that they think that most people don't like about wrestling. 
are the things that I like the most about it, like the physicality, you know, the getting hit, hitting other people, taking bumps, doing like crazy dives and stuff like that. Like that was like, yeah, sign me up. Like I already do that on the weekend with my friends at a show. So <laughs> if I can someday get paid to do this, that's awesome. So that's And how did you come up with Brody King? How did you kind of come up with your, were you, I'm assuming you were already pretty tattooed. Like you were your gimmick. You, your gimmick is you. <laughs> yeah. I was already pretty heavily tattooed. Picking your wrestling name is like, you have so many bad names that you're throwing around and you're just trying to see what sticks or what you think would look best on paper or, or fit you well. And it, you know, I had like, what did I have? I had like Maximus as a first name. I had, yeah, it was like a bunch of bad names. I forgot what else. I'm sure my, my wrestling trainer will, will run down the list of bad names that I pitched to him. But uh, there was a wrestler uh, that most people are familiar with, Bruiser Brody. Like since I started training, his style and his look and everything about him like really spoke to me as a, as a professional wrestler, as a big man that wanted to be in wrestling. As someone that, you know, has this like uh, aggressive wild man style like that, that was like, that was my guy. So it's like to pay homage to him, Brody was just kind of thrown around. And a couple of people were like, you know what, you kind of look like Brody. Like, why don't you just use Brody? I was like, okay. And, uh, and King just kind of fit, I guess. Uh, we were just throwing out a bunch of names. Uh, I think at the time. Uh, Code Orange, who's good friends of mine, me and Jamie were talking, and I think Jamie was like, "Why don't you use, you use King?" Because uh, I'm King had just come out. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Yeah, it, it all just kind of like you know fit together. Do you remember like the first time you saw like a Brody man, like how you were introduced to his style or whatever? Yeah. So Andy Williams, who plays guitar in Every Time I Die and wrestles for AEW, uh, he's one of my best friends, and I started training to be a wrestler before he did, and. When he found that out, he's been a lifelong wrestling fan. He's like an encyclopedia of wrestling. It's crazy. When he found out that I was training, he texted me. He's like, hey, here is a list of matches that I think you need to see. And, and it's, it was all stuff that I don't think I would have ever sought out myself uh, at the time. It was all Japanese wrestling, uh, Stan Hansen, Tiger Mask, Dynamite Kid, Bruiser Brody, like Dr. Destiny Williams. I got this like new view on wrestling. It was like, whoa, like. Everything I knew up until that point was WWE. It's like I knew a little bit of PWG, but like this kind of like blew my mind. It's like these guys are actual athletes, like trying to do a sport. It's not just, you know, a, a soap opera or whatever you want to consider WWE. Yeah, that, that kind of like really opened my mind. And Brody was one of the people that really stood out to me of like just wild caveman, like unhinged person, just, you know, swinging a chain in the air. Like it's like, yes, that's that's my guy. Yeah, he could basically be a singer in a hardcore band, like in an 80s Absolutely, hardcore band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's awesome. So the first time I heard of you actually was uh, PWG. And I remember, honestly, like what kind of uh, appealed to me was your name. I was like, whoa, uh, like that's kind of what, like, oh, what is this guy about? Uh, so I thought like from a marketing perspective that, that worked very well. Do you remember your first uh, PWG show? Was that basically like your, your big break? Yes. So... I was doing like I was doing some bigger indies already. I was doing like uh, Defy Wrestling up in Seattle. Um, I had just gotten booked for AAW in Chicago, so it's like the the wheels were starting to turn. I was supposed to do this show called Pro Wrestling Revolver, and 
in Ohio and I flew out on a Wednesday and it's Sammy Callahan's show. Uh, Sammy picks me up from the airport. We get back to his house. And right when we get to his house, uh, I get a message from Rick Knox and Rick Knox says, Hey, check your email. And I was like, okay, check my email. And it's from super dragon says, Hey, uh, are you available on Friday to work PWG? We had an injury and we need a replacement. And I was like, what the fuck? And I looked at Sammy. I was like, uh, Sammy, I just got asked to do PWG. He said, well, we're taking you back to the airport. <laughs> I got back on a flight and flew back to California. So I did this round trip for nothing. But yeah, I, I debuted on that Friday against uh, Adam Brooks. And it was that was like one of my ultimate goals in wrestling when I when I started was to do PWG. And that was like, you know, a dream come true. I got to wrestle at the Reseda VFW Hall historical venue. For those that don't know, I am billed from Van Nuys, California, and Van Nuys is the town next to Reseda. So when I got introduced uh, in the ring from Van Nuys, California, the whole place like exploded. And that was like an unbelievable feeling. <laughs> it was like a hometown pop, basically, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was the first local person to debut in PWG in like seven years. So it was it was pretty cool and did you kind of notice like an instant response after after that show because i feel like that that's like the indie mark of like credibility basically you know the stamp of approval working one of those shows yeah oh yeah i mean that 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 definitely got me like a lot more fans you know my followers on instagram and twitter went up and a lot more bookers started reaching out to me and how did you decide to end up in uh ring of honor how, how did you make that? I'm sure, you know, you got offers from all over. Uh, what, what made you settle on, on them? You know, Ring of Honor was always like, that was another goal of mine because in my opinion, all the great wrestlers stepped through Ring of Honor. The people that I looked up to as, you know, some of my favorites, you know, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, Homicide, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, like all of these guys, you know, even Seth Rollins, who's at the top of the totem pole, all of these guys went to Ring of Honor. and not to mention just that it's like guys like Kenta and Kobashi and Masawa, like legends of this business have, have also gone through there or been there. I felt like, you know, that was the place that you need to cut your teeth before you really become your, your final form of pro professional wrestler, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? So that was like, and, and also my, my ultimate goal in wrestling was to wrestle for new Japan and they always had a partnership with them. So it was kind of, when they reached out to me, it was a, uh, it was an easy call. I see. And I, I wanted to ask her, like how long from when you started training to making your PWG debut? Well, how long was that timeline? I think it was just over two years. So it was very quick, very quick. Yeah. And then, and then I, you got signed to ring of honor, not too long after that. Right. Like I think a, a year later. Okay. So it was like, it all happened very fast. <laughs> I've only been wrestling in July. It will be six years all right it's not lost on me that that my trajectory in wrestling has been very rapid and uh i'm very fortunate to have started at a time where wrestling was very hot and there was a lot of eyes especially on independent wrestling you know i i don't know if the same would happen if i had started five years earlier or five years later so yeah i was gonna say the timing was almost perfect uh just yeah. in terms of where the scene was and so how, you went to japan you you were you were like kind of seconding and doing like tag team matches what was that like first of all 
Tell me about the call. <laughs> You're going to Japan. Well, how did you find out about it? I, I was like, for me, that would be the craziest call, like the craziest experience. I can only imagine. So Rocky <laughs> Romero is is one of my trainers, and he's one of my really good friends. So, and he's worked for New Japan forever. And and uh, I get a text from him. It's just like, hey, uh, I need all this information. And I was just like, okay, why? Well, what's up? He's just like, oh, you're gonna do Super Juniors this year. I'm like, what? what <laughs> it's like yeah you're going to japan for a month i was just like oh fuck uh so yeah it was very much like you know kind of takes your breath away call that's the call that you know you dream of yeah and so you get there and like you're in there and you're working with like legends in these in these kind of tag matches and you like what was it like working with these people like the crowd responses i'm assuming it's a little different than, than the u.s they're not as like they're more responsive than like proactive with their chanting i feel uh so what was it like yeah no the, so the japanese fan base is very respectful and they they treat professional wrestling like it's a sport and they have a lot of respect for it which is really awesome like you'll see you know pro wrestling magazines on newsstands and you'll see pro wrestling posters and bookshops and stuff like that and it's not like a taboo thing it's not it's not some kind of i feel like in the u.s that wrestling is looked down upon even though every single person knows what it is it's like Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is one of the biggest stars in the world, but somehow wrestling is still looked upon like it's, you know, some redneck sport. That makes no sense to me. But it, in Japan, it's treated like, you know, like it's a big deal, and, and that's really awesome. But, yeah, like you said, I was in there with, you know, guys like Tiger Mask, and, guy, and I'm, I'm around – all of these guys that I've been watching since I was a kid and it was, it was surreal. Uh, the crowd response was awesome because, you know, I, like you said, I was seconding Marty um, for villain enterprises and I was doing the tag matches in a junior tournament and I'm six and a half feet tall, 300 pounds. So it's like, I'm double the size of all juniors. So the, the response was awesome because you know, I'm, they know that I'm there to like, beat people up or or to you know <laughs> be the monster to, 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 yeah to, to be a monster to be the aggressor so you know i got to do these like meet and greets and you know everyone's much shorter than me in japan and it, it was it was really cool it was a really cool experience something that i definitely didn't had never experienced here in, in the u.s what was it like doing like the bus travel and like was the food kind of like a culture shock or i mean you know living in la i'm, I'm guessing you're you know you've had some experience or, or living in the la area you've had some experience with the uh food but like were, were there any cultural adjustments you had to make or also being a tall guy in japan so i had been to japan before godspeed actually did a tour in japan with tongues in 2017 uh so me and my wife had went there i'd spent just around three weeks in japan so i got to experience a lot of the culture i got to experience a lot of the food and fell in love with it you know if i had the opportunity to, to live in japan I, I absolutely would probably not now with kids but you know <laughs> you never know the food in japan is is some of my favorite food on the planet like ramen cooked properly is incredible uh fresh sushi there and uh if you've never had shabu shabu it's the, it's the best okay cool and oh you know one other big landmark moment i assume for you was when you found out that you would be wrestling in Madison Square Garden at the Supercard of Honor. And I was there. Uh, it was an awesome show. 
and it was an awesome show for you. Not only did you wrestle, you won the tag team titles there, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> no, we lost. We actually oh, lost you, the tag team. You though. lost that the tag team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Girls of Destiny won the title. That's right. Oh, you were. Okay. But but yeah. you, you got to wrestle at Madison Square Garden. No. Yeah. So, so uh, I started in Ring of Honor in December of 2018. And. I remember when I when I got signed, a couple of my friends were like, oh, it would be cool if you were just, you know, on the MSG show because that had already been announced. And I was like, yeah, that, you know, it might not happen. I'm brand new to the company. Uh, but then I think maybe two or three months before that or maybe two months before that, I was like, hey, uh, I'd asked the booker Hunter. I was like, hey, Hunter am I on the MSG show? Because if I am, my dad wants to go. So I just need to know if, if I should tell him to buy tickets or not. And he's just like, Oh yeah, you're, you're on it. And I was like, okay, cool. He's just like, you're in a really good match. I was like, Oh, okay. And then like, he didn't tell me anything other than that. And then it's like, uh, I think a couple of weeks later, I found out that I was in that four way tag match for the IWGP tech or heavyweight titles, the ring of honor, heavyweight or heavyweight tag okay. team title. And uh, yeah, it was it was an unbelievable experience. You know, that's the the thing that every wrestler and you know, really any musician dreams of is is uh, being at Ring of or being at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, like did you have to take it all in? Like when you made your entrance uh, at the ramp, were you just like looking around and everything? <laughs> yeah, man, it was like it was super overwhelming. You know, there's I don't think I've ever been in a place with 20,000 screaming fans like that my friend eddie kingston told me before i went out he was just like do me a favor when you do your entrance just look up and take a second and look up and and i did and it's just like it's the most amazing building i've ever been in and yeah just having all those people cheering and wanting to see you perform is crazy the the other experience that was close to that was at the end of the super junior tour we got to do um ryugoku sumo hall which is a legendary sumo hall in tokyo and it was me and marty versus kazuchika okada and rocky romero so it's like i got to wrestle arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and also one of my trainers and okada yeah yeah exactly <laughs> And one of my traders in one of the, you know, greatest buildings in one of the greatest countries of all time. So it was, that was a cool experience. Yeah. That roof at Sumo Hall is so beautiful. Like, uh, so, it's, it's just like an art piece. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it was, it was a cool f full circle moment because like I said, when, when we had went to Japan before me and my wife, actually, uh, Rocky had invited us to a show at the Sumo Hall. We went and saw, I think it was, uh, dominion i believe and him and trent had won the tag team titles that night the iwgp junior tag team titles so being a someone in the crowd watching him do that and then being someone in the ring in the same building was a cool full full circle moment yeah uh i got i got goosebumps just hearing the, the garden story myself uh, but i thought what you were going to say when you were like the second most nervous was later that night when you had to do a lip sync <laughs> 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 at the gay young classic it was it was a drag lip sync tournament that you were you were uh guested against a drag king and it was absurd <laughs> how was that how did that come about it was in, it was incredible my friend 
Eric Shorley, who is a, a, D, a drag DJ in, um, in New York City. He goes by DJ Accident Report. He reached out to me. He's just like, hey, man, I know that you're doing MSG this day, but would you be interested in doing this? And it was like no thought. I was like, yes. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but yes, I'm doing it. I'm a massive RuPaul's Drag Race fan. Uh, I used to work on this show, actually, as a, as a set lighting technician. Uh, I ran Spotlight for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, but that like drag culture has always been very interesting to me. And I feel like drag and, and wrestling are basically the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a really cool experience. I basically put on some sweatpants and my jacket and I was still in full gear. No, sh- hadn't showered yet. Dro- uh, took a taxi to Brooklyn. No, it was, it was still in the city. It was just in like the lower east side. It was like the, the very tip of Manhattan. <laughs> was the- but yeah, it was it was that was an incredible experience. Yeah, it, it was amazing to see. It was I was it was amazing for me as well because I was also at the Garden Show and the show ended and I'm like so hyped after just seeing like a great wrestling show and then I'm like, oh, do I want to? I, I need to go to this. I need to go to this drag thing. See how much I could <laughs> like see how awake I could be, and and it was so worth it just to see. Like it was it was a, a change of pace, but it was very much similar vibes, <laughs> just in a much smaller environment, you know? Yeah. It, it, that place was fucking packed too. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I give you total credit. You, you did lady Gaga and you, it's not, you were, you were giving it your, your all you, it's like you were on the, on the stage at RuPaul's drag race. <laughs> well, that, that was the goal. So I'm glad that that came across. What, what season did you work on, on, on the show? So I've worked season six through 10, I think six through 10, like five seasons. Oh, wow. I mean, when you watch it on TV, it seems very polished, but I'm assuming those are very long days that you're standing around doing stuff. Were you working on like the main stage? crew basically yeah they they i mean they put the drag queens through some hell on that show you know i have a lot of respect for them and what they can accomplish in just a couple days yeah well i'm glad we got to sneak in a little uh a drag race talk on a wrestling and metal podcast (laughs) (laughs) somehow it always happens so like if you could bring any metal musician or any hardcore musician as a tag team partner for like some sort of dream match who would you think would make a good pro wrestler from the metal or hardcore scene? Oh man, who would be a good pro wrestler? So I, I actually got asked this question not too long ago, and I said Henry Rollins, just based on aggression and like you know he's already like a almost like a motivational speaker, so he can I know he can cut a good promo, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he's you know he's in great shape, so I think that he would he would probably be a great tag team partner. Also, like I'd like to see like Corpse Grinder. <laughs> As like a, yes. a wrestler, the man's got a massive neck, so obviously he's got good neck strength. Yeah, maybe him versus Ishii in like a, a no neck off. <laughs> oh God, awesome! I'm in. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, Brody, thank you so much for your time. You've been so generous, uh, and I'm so glad we finally got to have this conversation and I got to learn a little more about your background. And I really, really look forward to finally, uh, you know, shows starting back up again and being able to to see you live, or maybe we'll be able to catch a, a drag show together. <laughs> when you're in- <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome too. Awesome. Where can people find God's hate and, and, and share your socials, uh, whatever you want people to know. My social medias are uh, at Brody X King on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's usually where you can find most God's hate news. We do not have social media, but you can also go on our website, godshate.us. Uh, we use the code Justin to say 20%. <laughs> <laughs>
but uh awesome but yeah that's uh that's pretty much where you can find us cool man well thank you for for taking the time and i'm, I'm so happy for all of your success and i'm, I'm totally rooting for you thank you man I'm, I'm glad that we finally got to do this Thank you so much to Brody and definitely check out God's Hate. Uh, definitely some really, really fun riffs. Very good mosh parts. Would be awesome to see them play live, uh, which seems like it could be a possibility soon. I'm very excited. Uh, I really, really, really miss going to shows. And when I say shows, I mean uh, heavy metal concerts and I mean pro wrestling shows. I miss acting a fool at a pro wrestling show and chanting for the face and booing the heels and all that stuff, and I feel like it's so close. But until then, we have uh, wrestling on television, and there's a lot of it. Uh, some interesting stuff happening in WWE. They they released a bunch of people last week, uh, which most of the names, not too surprising, but Samoa Joe was very surprising. And personally, I hope Samoa Joe ends up in AEW. If he's healthy, it would be a great injection into their upper mid-card, and Joe is awesome, and he could do a lot of fun stuff with, with like Joe versus Kenny Omega. That alone would be awesome. I'd really look forward to see Joe in AEW. Speaking of AEW, Kenny Omega won the Impact World Championship, so now he's the AEW champion, the Impact champion, and the AAA Mega champion. And I think that's awesome, and I, like, I'm really holding out hope that somehow this leads to a ultimate match with Kenny in New Japan. Somehow Kota Ibushi gets the world title back. But we'll see. Uh, and Kodobushi's been kind of missing. I've kind of uh, fallen off of New Japan ever since Ibushi lost the title. I was, as a fan, a little bummed out about that. And uh, and Ibushi's my guy in New Japan. So, But I hear that he's injured, and that's part of the reason why he needed to lose. I hope that's part of the reason. And look, you know, Will Ospreay is a good wrestler, and I understand why they, they went with him. But I just wanted a better reign for Kota Ibushi. Uh, otherwise, in AEW, they got Blood and Guts coming up next week. And in general, I feel like AEW as a show has been uh, really, really fun as of late. I've really been enjoying what they've been doing. And every week, it's, it's a fun show. And I like it now that AEW and NXT are on different nights because it just it really just allows me to uh, take both in and not. Like, I actually find myself watching NXT now because I feel what would happen is before I would watch AEW first. Uh, just because, you know, I, I, I like that there's something not to be, to be out there. I want I want an alternative. And uh, by the time I watch NXT, I'm an old man now. <laughs> I'm like passing out earlier and earlier in my NXT watching. So now at least I can watch both shows. And there's some fun stuff on NXT. I like that Kushida is the Cruiserweight champion. The main event picture is pretty interesting. Uh, there, there's some fun stuff. MSK I'm really into. I, I, and the, the women's division is is pretty fun. I like Raquel Gonzalez. And with Kyrie Zane kind of out of the picture, maybe she shows up on the main roster. And other than that, I feel like uh, the SmackDown side of WWE is much more interesting, personally, to me, than the Raw side. Uh, just find myself either starting Raw as late as possible and then passing out before I get through it and then just kind of reading about it the next day and being like, okay, didn't really miss much. Whereas uh, with SmackDown, I I do watch it the next day. I typically don't watch it on Friday nights, and it's like a nice Saturday morning viewing. It's nice. <laughs> uh, so those are my thoughts on, on what's going on in the world of wrestling. I guess it's a, it's a bit quiet on the, on the wrestling side uh, with WrestleMania season 
kind of up. But, you know, maybe the next month is actually going to be pretty wild because I believe AEW's got a pay-per-view next month too. So their next month is going to be intense. And uh, we'll see what happens. And I want to thank you for tuning in, staying staying a little extra after the interview, hearing my thoughts. I always love hearing your talk, thoughts. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Injection, or Square Circle Pit, no E in circle. Square Circle Pit is also on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to be trying to, I, I've been collecting an archive of uh, various classic rock and wrestling photos. I'm going to start scheduling those up and, and, and posting them on those socials. So give me a follow and, and thank you for supporting the show. And I'll see you next time in the pit.